Podcast. I'm Lou Walsh. I am joined by Eric Reesberg. We are your hosts for tonight's episode. Eric, how are we doing on this fine week after the holiday? Uh, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited to talk championship football and all that, but also just like it was nice to spend some time with family for Christmas. Yeah, you guys stayed in, you guys like hosted at your house, correct? Yeah, we did. So our little house for anyone who's been here, um, we had 18 people all piled up inside. Um, it was quite, a, quite a lot. Um, and it was quite tight, but it, it turned out really, really well. Um, and so now no one else in the family has an excuse anymore to not host based on house size. Um, yeah, that would be very cramped 18 people in your guys's place. Yeah, it actually worked pretty well. We were able to fit around two dining tables, which I thought wasn't wow. going to happen. So um, All right. I thought we were going to have to be split across at least three. But um, no, it worked out really well. It was it was really fun, um, really busy. Um, and it's just been a, a wind down week all week, basically. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the the week after after Christmas, oh, it's, it like always is just like, what day is it all of the time? <laughs> Yeah, and like even if you're working, you're not really working because like no one else is, and so it's just like really chill, and it's like hard to keep track of everything. But right, typically it's it just is. like the game of like, of like, hmm, what day do I extra take off f- from work on PTO? Yeah, exactly. Um, how you doing, Luke? I am doing real well. I'm down in Iowa for the holidays, spending spending the holiday with family. I got down here on Christmas due to the storms. Right. That's that's when you left was Christmas Day. Yep. Yep. I Oof. left Christmas morning uh, and then got down here like in the afternoon. Man, um, it's wild. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that was I, I probably could have done it on Christmas Eve, but uh, the roads were iffy up until like 11 or noon uh, on that Saturday. And so it's like, I just don't want to risk it. I'll let them clear those roads out for a day. <laughs> yep, totally. But it worked out. Got down here. Had it. Had a good holiday. Had a good Christmas. Uh, yeah. Now we're now we're still chilling down here uh, into the new year. Yeah, gearing up for New Year's. You got any big plans? Yeah, we have a uh, a wedding reception um, that we're going to be going to on New Year's Eve. It's a uh, it's kind of like a makeup reception because the mm. wedding of the couple they were supposed to get married on New Year's Eve last year. But prior to the wedding, both of them tested positive for COVID. So the wedding was only like a few canceled. days before the wedding, right? Yeah. Yep. Like a like a couple days before the wedding. Yeah. Yikes. So, so uh, the wedding was canceled. They still got like legally married. So they've been married for a year. Um, and so it's basically just like a big celebration for their first anniversary. Uh, but they basically like the venues wouldn't fully refund them. So they were like, well, we don't want to waste all of that money. Let's still have we're still. Thing. Yep, we're still going to do something. So so it's on New Year's Eve. Does it roll into the new year? Like, does it start later in the evening so that like you hit midnight? Yes, that is that is the plan for it. Mm, nice. That sounds fun. So yeah, just a big old New Year's celebration, basically. Yeah, I love I love weddings. And so like that's just like the best combination, really. Yeah, And it's the best part of the wedding. Right. It's just the, yes. it's just the reception part. So, yes, that's true. 
which is going to be fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep, but made it down. We're good. We're having a having a good time, and it's been nice. Yeah, for Christmas. Good. I'm glad. It's always good to spend time with family. Um, I hope everyone who's listening also was able to enjoy um, a Christmas, good Christmas, or Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa, or whatever you celebrate with your families. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Always good. Always, you know, hope hope that everyone had that chance to celebrate and. Uh, Hopefully you're able to celebrate in whatever way you want. And I typically celebrate with drinks. So Eric, what are we drinking tonight? Yeah. Um, tonight I have some dough ball cookie dough whiskey. Um, it is very good. It tastes like cookie dough, which is awesome. Um, it is 35% ABV. Um, and it has cookie amounts of IBUs in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I should also note that I'm drinking it with a, um, football shaped ice cube. Um, which was one of the Christmas gifts I received this year. Um, ice cubes that are in the shape of footballs, which is awesome. Oh, very nice. You broke those out, huh? I did. Yeah, they're they're very big. but um, And the laces tend to float downwards. So you can't really... You see like the shape of the football, but you can't ever really see the laces. Um, okay. But it is very nice. And it does a good job of chilling. So I'm very happy with it. Oh, yeah, that's very good. And like no laces. So that'd be good for, you know, kicking any field goal. For sure. Yeah. What are you drinking, Luke? Uh, I'm drinking a glass of Exile Ruthie. My dad has a kegerator here. So this is uh, from a keg. This is on tap. And it's real good. We got 5.1% ABV and 18 IBUs in this bad boy. Well, that's awesome. Does he always have a keg on hand? Or is it just because the whole family was, was coming into town? No, he always has it on hand. That's... He that's awesome. He ins he installed it uh, this past summer um, around around Father's Day is mm. when he got it because I came down for Father's Day weekend and, and was able to test it out, which was real nice. Um, the keg but system, always, but not the specific yeah. keg, right? Because, I mean, it'd be bad by now. Correct. Yeah, not this specific keg. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, awesome. The system itself. Yep. So, yeah, he's always had Ruthie uh, in rotation, and then uh, he – rotates the other one right now it's a cherry bomb blonde Ooh. from some brewery here in iowa city nice so there's all there's two on tap at all times correct nice yeah it's real nice it's good that's my dream good. i think to have just like a bar on tap well like with taps that would mm -hmm. be great yep yeah he basically i mean it's just like an old fridge that he just you know, they took the shelves out of and then he drilled holes into the door and, right. and kegged it up. Yeah. And and fed the hoses through, basically. Yep. Nice. Got the whole system and it's great. It's nice to just be able to like pour from a tap. Yeah. And it always obviously tastes better out of the keg as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, so we got that. And so, yeah, let's get into some of the NFL news, NFL action that happened over this past week into this next week. First off with some news, some big news, some stuff that we've been waiting for specifically. Yeah. Uh, first up, Nathaniel Hackett is no longer the head coach of the Denver Broncos. He was fired after their showing against the Rams this past weekend where they allowed the Rams to put up 51 points or so and then only scored 14. Um it's been a long time coming, which is weird to say for a first year head coach. 
Yeah, this is maybe the first time I remember that like a first year head coach got fired due to being so terrible and not like in conjunction with some scandal. Like right. there's yeah. always usually something going on behind the scenes that like that plus like coupled with the performance is enough to like let go of the coach. But like this is the first time where like everything seems fine, like from like the background and like locker room. Well, not fine, but like it's only bad because they're bad, not because right. like, he did something wrong. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely a long time coming. Um, I did hear a rumor at one point that he was hired primarily to try and lure Aaron Rodgers um, to Denver because he was the quarterback's coach in Green Bay. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know how much validity that has, but if that was the reason that they were that they hired him, then I guess it's good that he's gone because he never really wanted to be a head coach anyways. Yeah. I also, I, I, I saw that same rumor had cycled about, um, and I was like, wow, if that didn't come to fruition, then why didn't they just fire him immediately? <laughs> yeah. Just go hire someone else. Like right now, like what's the, what's right. the deal with that? But anyways, yeah. um, yeah, good riddance. Um, Denver will be better off next season. I'm sure. Hopefully. I mean, they, they mortgage their future in the Russell Wilson. So they got to try and do something to get the production out of him if they can. Yeah. It's going to be a really interesting case um, next season when you're doing drafts, if anyone on Denver is even viable, like we think the coach upgrade is going to be enough um, to kind of salvage whatever's going on here. Um, I mean, Javante should be back. um, So that's definitely going to be something you're looking at, but I don't know if that passing game's not there. Yikes. Yeah, right. It's going to be a struggle for sure. I mean, we've already seen a struggle with it this season, but you hope with a new coaching system that it'll be a little bit better. Yeah, I'd be I'd be looking at late flyers on Judy and Sutton probably, but I wouldn't I wouldn't take them any earlier than like probably like six or seven. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, but that's just early, very way too early drafting advice for next right. season for sure. Yeah, but that's what we got for uh, Nathaniel Hackett not hacking it. And so next up, we have Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders has been officially benched for the final two games of the season in favor of starting Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. Uh, This is we talked about it a bit in the chat, but this is a money saving move for the Raiders organization. Totally. Yep. They're working on getting themselves out of um, his deal basically. Um, yeah. So he's probably going to hire someone to just like, you know what, since he's in Vegas, he's probably going to like go learn how to count cards and just go do that. So the casino busts his kneecaps in, um, and then he won't pass his physical anymore. Right. Yeah. And then he gets it. And then he gets the money guarantee. Yeah. And they'll still cut him, which is like the best, the best of both worlds. You get a ton of money for not doing anything. Exactly. Yeah. This is kind of like, I like, I'm glad that the clause is in there for Derek Carr to get the guarantee of the money, but for the Raiders to go about it this way and do what they can to guarantee he doesn't get that money. That's I, that's it's pretty shady. It's real. I've always always thought that the owner was like really gross in Las Vegas, both from like how he acts and also like his haircut is just horrendous. Oh, awful. But yeah, this is just more proof that, NFL owners are slime bags. 
Yeah. And after, you know, Derek Carr has given so much to this team and the, and the organization, like he, he's been out there every season he's played unless he's put his whole heart out there, unless he's, you know, been hurt. Right. It's not, not really been too often. Yeah. Yeah. That being said from like the NFL and NFL standpoint, there are a lot of free agent quarterbacks this off season. So um, I would, I can definitely see, why they're trying to offload some of that salary and roster space to try and get someone else because it hasn't worked so far. Yeah, exactly. And this is a, I mean, they're, they're uh, sticking with McDaniels at the head coaching position, it seems. And uh, McDaniels and Carr are not working together too well. So we'll see what unfolds in Vegas from here on out. I mean, Devonte Adams says that he was kind of, Carr was kind of the reason that, he went to Vegas. So we'll see what happens with Adams now, even. Yeah. It'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. Next up, JJ Watt has officially announced that he will be retiring at the end of this season. It feels like it's been a long time coming, but this is kind of, this sucks because he was really having a career resurgence season uh, in Arizona this year. He was, he was really kind of back to form. It looked like he's, he's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. it's going to be sad to see an NFL without J.J. Watt, but I mean, he's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, Uh He's eligible. Um, I mean, I'm sure the Texans will sign him to a one day um, for him to retire as a Texan. Um, Probably the best player in Texans history. Um, Yeah, this this is going to be sad, but I mean, it it all has to come to an end at some point. But I think people forget how dominant he really was. Oh, he was incredible. I mean, he he had one of the strongest uh, MVP cases from a defensive player in recent memory. Yes. Yep. But I think he was just thwarted by just, I don't know, probably a historic quarterback season, if anything. (laughs) Or just a really good quarterback season. That's like how it always goes. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't even need to be a historic quarterback season. It was just a really good quarterback season, probably. But yeah, I mean, uh, the Texans that year, I don't think they don't do anything if JJ Watt doesn't have the season he has, like he was the MVP, but they don't give it to non quarterbacks. Yeah. It's not, it's not a non quarterback award really. Nope. So nope, sure but not. Congratulations, JJ Watt, nine and a half sacks so far this season, which is his highest since 2018. So um, he'd love to see it. Yeah, you sure do. Uh, next up here, we have Mike White. He is going to be the starter again in New York, and all Jets fans rejoice. Um, Zach Wilson has been deactivated from the team. He's not even the second stringer anymore. Thank um, God. He's just, like, not there anymore. So uh, Mike White trying to make that final push for the Jets to get there um, for the playoffs. I think he can do it. Um, I picked him up in a few leagues, like, three weeks ago because he's, like, the only viable streamer um, streaming quarterback just based on schedule. Uh, yeah, but the Jets are fighting for their playoff life, lives here. So, um, actually, they may be eliminated. I think they're right on the edge. I don't think they're officially eliminated yet, but I think a lot needs to go their way. Yeah, like a yep. lot, like a stupid yep. amount of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, losing four games in a row will do that for you, but. Yep. Um, yeah, sure the Jets are the Jets are making a push and, and they're also trying to see if Mike White's going to be the guy. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, we know they're moving on from Zach Wilson, so it would be incredible if Mike White uh, really makes a statement in these last two weeks 
and solidifies his role for next season. Yeah, definitely like a, a job interview here for him. So I, yeah. I'm cheering for him. I, I like the guy a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. He's tough as nails. He just stands in there and just takes blow after blow. So, oh, God, he's yeah. an absolute, like, he's like a tank. The but, team loves him. I, like, you can tell that they just want him to be the guy. So, yes, they um, do. Hopefully, hopefully he can do that. Um, I think I think he will be able to do it. Yep. I think of any if any coach can recognize just a guy's grit and his willingness to go out there and do it, um, it's it's Robert Sala. Agreed. Yeah, that dude. That dude thrives on just like good attitudes. Yep. That that team is in a good position moving forward, um, whether it's with Mike White or not. Uh, next up here we have Justin Jefferson. He officially broke the single season receiving yards record. Um, passing Randy Moss. Um, this is the Vikings single season receiving yards record, but he did it in 16, just like Moss did. So um, haters be shushed. Um, yep. JJ is a stud. Um, there's not much more to say. No, there's really not. He, I mean, he broke the, the receiving oh, wait, yards. He did it in I 15. Think... I'm sorry. Not 16. Right. Yeah. So he's going to get even more of a gap. Uh, yes. So fuck your asterisk if you wanted to put one. Um, yep. But I think he also got the single season receptions record as well for the for the franchise. Yep, I believe. Yep, I believe that's correct. I think he did that before. Um, yeah, beforehand. Yep, but yeah, just I mean, just an absolutely insane season for Jefferson. Uh, love the career that has already happened. I mean, it's just his third season. <laughs> yeah, he's unstoppable. He's awesome. Um, could not be any happier that he is a Minnesota Viking. Um, and I look forward to using him in the two leagues that I'm still standing. So there you go. There you go. He is the reason really. Yeah. Um, speak of, of, I mean, I doubt he'll get any votes just because Cooper cup didn't get any last year, but does Jefferson have an MVP case? I don't think so. No. Um, I mean, he's been awesome. I'm not going to deny that, but, I, I don't think you can not give it to a quarterback like Mahomes or Allen or even Hertz who have just been playing out of their minds this year. Yeah, they have. I really think yeah. it's between those three. Um, and I don't think you can justify giving it to a wide receiver, um, even if it is a record-breaking season. Um, if he hits that 2,000-yard total, I think he at least gets votes. Because I would agree. Other- I would agree with that. I think there's a conversation there if he gets 2,000 yards. But I think yeah. that's, that's a tall order. Um, oh, yeah in the next two games here. I, I'm not sure how well he's going to do um, against Chicago, frankly, um, given that Chicago doesn't give up a lot in the air. Um, although they gave him 154 last time. Um, I say, yeah. Uh, actually, because they don't Chicago, need to. Chicago's pass defense is very weak. Yeah. I mean, Chicago's yeah, defense but, is very weak. Right. Which is why the passing maybe falls a little back, but yeah, I mean, it's possible that last time he played Green Bay, he put up 184 yards. So, I mean, gosh, it's possible, but he's going to have to do a lot. Yep, sure will. Um, and our last bit of news here, we've got just a little bit of weird NFL happenstance here. Jacksonville and Tennessee are playing meaningless week 17 games, even though next week matters um, for them, which is just bizarre. Um, just the way mm-hmm. things have lined up with record within the division record against each other and record against like opponents, no matter how that turns out this week, whoever wins next week um, is going to be the division winner in the AFC South. Yeah. Just crazy. I mean, it's, you would, you would think 
that it just wouldn't come down to week 17 being meaningless, but whatever. It's always, yeah. The last week of the season is always going to be division games. And so there's always a chance for those to be like super meaningful. Like this next one will be no matter what, but for week 17 to just be completely pointless for these two teams is wild. Yeah. So Tennessee already played, so there's nothing you can do about that, but it's possible Jacksonville doesn't play all their starters, um, especially players that are maybe a little more banged up or have been banged Mm -hmm. up throughout the season. Someone like ETN, um, especially I think is worth keeping an eye on in case they just want to let him rest for a week. So um, yeah, just keep that in mind. Yeah. Doug Peterson has said that, I mean, he doesn't believe in meaningless games, so we'll see if he actually follows through with that, but you don't risk injury. Right. Especially when next game is the one that determines if you're going to be there or not. So exactly. Yep. But hell of a season for Jacksonville. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely like pushing hard to make it. Um, and yeah, you love to see the success. I think this is definitely an up and coming team. Yeah, sure is. And you sure do love to see it. All right. Next up, we got some injuries that we want to talk about. First up, the one that I'm like, I'm the most upset about this one, honestly. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa got another concussion. He is, I don't know if he's been officially ruled out. I think he has been officially ruled out for this upcoming week 17 game. Um, so it will be, uh, who is it, Bridgewater back there? Yeah, it should be Bridgewater or potentially yeah. Skylar Thompson, but it's going to be Bridgewater, I think. Right. Uh, but this is his third concussion this season. This is devastating. Yeah, and this one wasn't caught by spotters either. No, which is, well, what the fuck are they even doing if they're not catching it? Yeah, it's um, it's a problem um, the NFL needs to figure out. Um, to a head. Was putting has been putting together a pretty good season. Um, struggling a little bit as of late, but um, still definitely like proving that he was worth the pick um, for my mm-hmm. back in oh, yeah. twenty twenty. So, yep, incredible season for him. A great season overall for Miami in McDaniel's first season as head coach. But you hope that with this being his third concussion this season, that their long term effects are not crazy. But yeah, minimized. Man. Hopefully, yeah. Tough. It's real tough. Not not good. Uh, Next up, Jalen Hurts did not play this past week. He is pushing to play this week as the Eagles did not win against the Cowboys. So they do have stuff to play for still. They do have to lock up that number one seed. And if Hurts can play, he will play. So keep an eye on that if you have Hurts anywhere. And if, I mean, it's not like Minshew was a bad play. He was not a bad quarterback. It was not a bad start. He oh, definitely great. not. If he's if he's the one that goes, he's definitely like a streamable guy this week. So yeah, for sure, uh, because they're playing. It's a bad New Orleans. Yeah. So if he if he goes, definitely streamable. Um, I didn't really see a whole lot of downtick for the other offensive weapons with Minshew. No, if, surprisingly, Devonta Smith did better. So. Um, yeah. Something I didn't expect to see happen, but he went off last week. So Yeah, he had a great week. Uh, and A.J. Brown also had a really solid week, but not not quite as big as Devontae Smith. Uh, A.J. Nope. Brown with six receptions for 103 yards, and then Devontae Smith with the what, the two-touchdown game. Um, yeah, two touchdowns and 113 on eight receptions. And so. a solid 8.2 from Dallas Goddard, as expected. Yep, in his first week back from injury. So. Yep. 
Yeah. I think the only ones that suffered really were the running backs. Yeah, because they, they weren't afraid to let Gardner throw it, right? He threw for 40, I think he had 40 attempts, which is kind of wild. Yeah, very, very wild. But yeah, uh, if Hertz can play, they will play him just because the offense, Minshew doesn't run like Hertz can run. So the offense has a different dynamic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Next up, running backs. Aaron Jones dealing with an ankle injury. It's something to monitor. I'm not sure his status on what he's been dealing with this week. Um, limited in practice uh, earlier today, Thursday. So keep an eye on that. Uh, they're still playing for a playoff spot. So if he can go, he will go. Yeah, he he will go if he can, but he will be probably limited in snaps still. Um, that's kind of what happened last week. He was questionable going in. Didn't get a lot of work. Didn't get a lot of run because I think it was aggravated. So um, possibly AJ Dillon is like a flex guy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really torn. I have him in one league, and I don't know if I can start him or not. Yeah, it's a it's a tough call for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what to do there. So do your best. Flip a coin. Um, consult the Ouija board. I don't know something. Yeah, right. It's it's uh, a mess. Yeah, they are playing Minnesota this week, so. Um, Minnesota's defense is not that great. No, especially against the pass, though, so they may just try and pass. That's true. Very true. Um, so just keep an eye on it. Uh, next up, Jamal Williams. Uh, he, he was dealing with leg injuries. It was a knee injury, an ankle injury, just leg injuries in general. Uh, earlier this week, he is not on the injury report, so he should be full go. But his usage has been way down. He is not finding the end zone anymore. They are actually getting DeAndre Swift a little bit more action, which is great to see. He's not doing a whole lot with it, which sucks to see. But <laughs> yeah. this is a this is a passing offense. Yeah, they, <laughs> the, running is irrelevant for this team. Yeah, yeah, does not the, the defense the defense can't stop points from going up. So Jared Goff has to throw the ball a fuck ton, and he is throwing the ball a fuck ton to great, I mean, decent success. Yeah, I mean, he's quarterback nine so far this year, which I don't think a lot of us would have thought would have seen coming. So no. Um, Good on Jared Goff, but yeah, this team is not going to run the ball anytime soon. Nope, they are playing Chicago this week, so it'll be a lot of scoring on the board. And it is in Detroit, which is, uh, I mean, that's a that's a pretty guaranteed boom for Jared Goff. He is locked and loaded whenever they play at home. Yep, he does a good job at home. Yep, and that's just the story of Jared Goff. It has been mm-hmm. his whole career. Yep. Uh, next up, two guys that have uh, their teams have already played. They were ruled out, so just keep in mind going into next week. Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys dealt with a thigh injury, did not play, and Derrick Henry dealt with a hip injury, also did not play. These two guys are on teams that are still playing for stuff, so I feel like uh, Henry for sure should be going next week if he's healthy enough. And uh, Pollard, I don't really know. I think it honest, depends on really how know. other things shake out. It depends on how, if the Eagles win. Yeah. Yeah. If the Eagles win, I can't imagine they're going to rush Pollard back because they're locked in in a wild card spot, but exactly. they're not going to get any home games. So, nope. Yeah. That's what we've got for running backs. And so, Eric, what do we got for receivers? Yeah. A couple wide receivers on the board here. We've got Christian Watson. Um, he has a hip contusion. He has been day to day. Um, we'll see if he goes or not. Um, like you said earlier, the Packers are still playing for something. Um, so Watson is going to want to be out there. He's proven to be um, a very valuable weapon for Aaron Rodgers, definitely earning that trust 
um, over the last, you know, six weeks or so, um, getting at least six targets in every game. Um, the touchdowns have slowed down a little, but that does not make him less useful. Um, you know, those are coming. Um, he did not practice at all today, so um, definitely something to watch. I could see Romeo Dobbs potentially getting a boost um, from this from this missing if he misses any time. Yeah, yeah. Watson came out of that game last week, and Dobbs ended that game with six targets, only three catches, but uh, thirty six yards. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, on an offense that is very easy to pass against, so or a defense yeah. that's very easy to pass against. So yes, for sure, I would say. I mean, Lazard uh, got a whole lot more looks than he has been getting in recent weeks when Watson went out. He got eleven targets last week. Yep, that's true as well. Um, so Lazard and Dobbs, I think, are both viable options. Um, Dobbs being the streamable one, Lazard is probably on rosters. Yep, um, already. Um, and then the other wide receiver to, to look at, uh, Marquise Goodwin of the Seattle Seahawks. He has a wrist injury. He is going to be questionable, um, or he is questionable at the moment. Um, he did not practice Thursday, so it looks like he probably won't go um, this week. Usually, no Thursday is a bad sign uh, for wide receivers, and Tyler Lockett was limited, so um, he it looks like he is probably back as well. So, um, yeah. I guess something to watch, but you probably aren't starting Goodwin if Lockett is healthy anyways. Correct. Yeah. And they got a tough matchup going up against the Jets this week. Yeah. So one of those guys is going to get sauce. Actually, sauce is probably going to go after Lockett because he's not quite as big. Um, So would sauce go after DK? I don't, I don't know. I thought I was seeing that he was mostly going to line up with um, Lockett. Okay. But I'm not sure. Yeah. DK is just so big. Right. I mean, it does. I mean, Sauce Sauce is the one you want to, like, keep an eye on just because he's the bigger name. But DJ Reed has also been having an incredible season uh, on the other side of the cornerback field for the Jets. So it's it's just a tough matchup against Jets corner, cornerbacks. Yeah, it is definitely um, something to keep an eye on. Um, the Jets are, are really solid on defense. Yeah. Um, that's all we have for wide receivers. We've got three tight ends here, um, two New England tight ends to talk about. Hunter Henry, he is he has a knee injury. He'll be week to week, so he is very likely not going to be playing this week. Um, and Johnu Smith, um, the neck, uh, he was sidelined um, Thursday in practice. He is in the concussion protocol currently, so he is also probably not going to go um, at this point. I mean, if you're still in the concussion protocol on Thursday, you're probably not going to be playing. Um, on Sunday. Yes, signs signs definitely trend negatively on that front. Yeah, Hunter Henry was technically listed as limited today, but if he's also listed as week to week, it's not looking great mm-hmm. for him either. And New England, they have a they have a rough finish here, Miami and Buffalo. So really, really going to have a hard time making the playoffs. I think um, for them. Yeah. Um, and then the last tight end we have here, Greg Dulcich of the Denver Broncos. He has a hamstring strain. He has not practiced yet this week. Um, gosh, I can't imagine they fire him up considering the shit show that's been going on. Um, no reason to continue to injure someone who's proven to be um, a very serviceable um, tight end. So uh, I, d- yeah, this, I, doubt this... he, I doubt he goes. I, I doubt that as well. Dulcich is a guy that they uh, they know they can have at the tight end position for years to come. 
Um, this is just his rookie season, and he's had a, a very good season when he's when he's since he's been able to get on the field uh, starting at week six. I mean, 411 yards and, and two touchdowns, which as a full season, whatever from the tight end position, you take that. Yeah, you definitely take it. He's been he's been a good tight end um, so far this season um, when he's played. So um, that's yep. what we have for injuries. Yep, sure is. And so now it is time for us to get into our recap of what happened in the league this past week, starting from the bottom up with our ninth place game. We start with Team Rennie going up against Hashtag Trade Montgomery. Rennie putting up 127.1 and Hashtag Trade Montgomery putting up 82.86. That is our largest spread, our largest margin of victory on the week. Uh, And Hashtag Trade Montgomery, unfortunately, gets the low score of the week. So, unfortunate there. Yeah, so that's your 9 and 10 seats. Um, Trey Montgomery being number 10 and Rennie being number 9. Um, just remember, just a reminder that the lottery based off a regular season for uh, regular season finish on the lottery. So, yep, correct. Next up, the seventh place game, we have Bitch Cup putting up 166.4, which was more than enough, Eric, to beat your too many cooks team who put up 126.89. Eric, you, you were putting up some strong showings in the last couple weeks, but just could not, could not get past Sean's 166 that came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, I definitely like felt decent about my score this week. And then for some reason, Cam Akers decided to just be vintage Cam Akers um, and put up, you know, 23 carries for 120 yards and three touchdowns. Like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. You, not a whole lot you can do. And then Austin Eckler also putting up a two touchdown game, putting and up 21.9. Putting up a two yeah. touchdown game. Yeah, you get yeah, you got boomed there. And the Rams defense all of a sudden being good getting four picks and a touchdown. Like, well, I mean, they went up against Denver. <laughs> yeah, it's fair, but still, what the heck? Then Brett Maher putting up a like a 19-point week as well. You just got absolutely shat on. Yeah, it's just like just a bummer all around. Yep. Sure. But it's fine. Was. It's a seven-place game. I really don't care. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh next up the fifth-place game Copper Cup putting up 114.4, which was enough to beat Josh's Chubb thumping, putting up a 94.58. So, Brett, congratulations on claiming that fifth place spot in the bracket there. Yeah, that is our tightest um, spread of the week at about 20 points. Which 20 points is the tightest spread. Kind of, kind of a wide week then. Yes, definitely wide spreads this week. And now into the big boys, the semifinal games. We're going to start off with... Blake's Prestige Worldwide putting up 127.63, which was enough to shit on my very disappointing 90.08 from the Daft Punk Tribute Band. Let's look at what went wrong for me. Justin Herbert put up five and a half points. Yeah, that's, Josh that's definitely wrong. Points. Yeah. I got yeah. Honestly, it was uh, it was the perfect storm of, of shit for me uh, at the worst time possible. Yeah, the players that have been doing great and carrying you really just didn't show up. Um, this week outside of CD lamb, um, CD lamb doing what he, what he could putting up 30 last week, um, with 120 yards, two touchdowns, 10 catches, which is a great showing, but really no one else showing up and doing their thing for you. Yeah. Dow's defense with only three points Ramondre Stevenson, only 1.3 yikes. Yeah. With 13 carries. So that's just like really bad. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, really, Cincinnati was ready for the running backs in New England last week. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of the ball, on Blake's team, 
We got some good performances from Josh Allen putting up 22, James Conner, 21 and a half, Justin Jefferson, the guy we talked about already, 26.3 with that 133 and one touchdown performance. Great, great stuff there. Uh, just some, some big names putting up some big performances for Blake's team, and, and that was more than enough to get the job done. Yeah, a good showing from the studs, and that's what matters. Um, James Conner is probably a big one to note. He has had an unreal usage um, over the last, like, four weeks. Um, he has, like, 95% of the team's running back rushes or something like that. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, stupid so. amount. I mean, he's he's on not, he's on the field 90-plus percent of the time uh, in the past four weeks and at least at least 20 touches in every single game. Yeah, he's he's been he's been awesome. <laughs> yes, he's closing out the season very strong. So Blake, congratulations on winning the semifinal matchup. You are going on to the championship game to play the winner of our next matchup. Yeah, the next matchup we had was Brees' Pieces and Devontae's Inferno. Brees' Pieces picking up 128.11, which was enough um, to take care of Devontae's Inferno, 105.44. Um, Ermin landing pretty much right on his projection um, yep. and Jackson falling about tw- 15 points short. So um, things that went right on Ermin's side, um, Holmes doing his thing, Kamara showing up against um, Cleveland in that bad weather game. He got lots of usage, 20 carries, mm-hmm. um, four targets, um, really just quite involved in that game. Um Travis Kelsey holding his own with his 15.3. Um, and Jacoby Myers having a really, Surprising. really nice day. Um, apparently, Bill does not hold grudges anymore. Um, seven yeah. targets, 83 yards, and a touchdown for Jacoby Myers. Um, and the Chargers defense doing great things against Indy because it's Indy. Yeah, because, yeah, Indy. I mean, you love you love to go up against them. Uh, and so uh, Jackson side of the ball then, he had some great performances from Kirk Cousins putting up 24.2. Uh, AJ Brown with that 14.3. We talked about George Kittle getting a fat 28 points off of 120 and two touchdowns from six catches. Chris Godwin with a respectable 10.3, but the rest of Jackson's team was well below uh, a Mendoza line, if you would want to call it that. Yeah. Dalvin Cook with, you know, around 10, which is okay, but his projection was about 14. You expect more, but DeAndre Swift, Devontae Adams, Christian Kirk, all below five points. Yeah, this may be the worst stretch of Adam's career um, that I've ever seen. Um, Three games in a row under 10 fantasy points. I just, I've never seen it. Yeah, and the targets are there, you know? Yeah, that's true. Nine targets the past two weeks, just only two catches, only four catches, uh, under 30 yards both of those weeks. It's just not, not, this is very abnormal for Devontae Adams. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, I think there's definitely upside for this Devontae's Inferno team moving forward, but this is not the year, um, and he will be going to the third place game um, against you, Luke. Brees' pieces, congratulations, moving on to the championship game. Um, so we, and we will break that down later in the show. As for records on predicting games, um, I got them both right. So I'm moving to 10 and 5. Um, Luke drops down to 9 and 5. Um, Blake at two and two, Josh one and zero, Brett zero and one, and Jackson picking up one and one on the week. Um, I did not think I was going to get to ten wins this year, frankly. Hey, you did it, man! You got there before me, even, and I had a hell of a head start. <laughs> yeah, I just I I've done well in the last few weeks in picking my games. 
um, and it's paid off. Um, when we get to the playoffs, that's when it matters because we pick like two games a week. So, right, that's true. It does. It does matter here, and you are you are doing a very great job. And so, Eric, congratulations on getting those two and getting that ten win total on the season. I'm hoping I can join you. <laughs> yes, I would love to see it. Um, as for scoring, this week was dead on the average, 116.34 points, which is 0.1% higher than our current um, league average. So really just right on the money from where we expect our teams to be scoring. Um, and the margin of, victory of le- margin of victory leader remains Cover Cup from week six at 91.64 points. And there's only two more games that could potentially upend that. That's right. Yep. So, so unless there's some insane blowouts in the playoffs, which seems unlikely because the quality of the teams, you know, meets the meets the competition. Right. This is going to belong to Brett. Yep. Most likely it is definitely trending that way. And so next up, we will talk about the uh, very minimal waiver action that happened during the during this past week. We got one pickup. It is uh, receiver Isaiah Hodgins of the New York Giants picked up for $15 by Blake. Isaiah Hodgins coming on very strong here in the last couple weeks. Had a very good performance last week, eight catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. Over the past four weeks, he has three touchdowns receiving. Um, seems that he's, he's found a really good spot in this New York Giants receiving team or receiving squad with Daniel Jones uh, as the Giants are kind of doing what they can to solidify a playoff position. Yeah. I, I mean, he's been, he's done really well. He's been in on over 80% of the team's offensive snaps each of the last four weeks. Um, definitely seeing the target volume. Um, I think he's playing primarily um, in the slot. So he's, he's that guy that's going to be that safety target um, on the inside here. So um Good for him. He's doing well. Um, he's probably not going to be starting for Blake this week, but worth an ad considering it's only in his third year. So. Yeah, definitely worth an ad. And so and so we'll see if, if Hodgins is able to, you know, parlay this success that he's had recently into into a role in future seasons or throughout the playoffs. I mean, it'll be really interesting to see because this Giants receiving core has really taken a beating. And so if he's able to carve out a little bit of a role, we'll see how that kind of eats into like what we expect Wandale Robinson to get um, yeah, totally. into next season. Yeah. So solid pickup for Blake there. And that is what we got for the waiver action trades. Still not happening. Power rankings. If you want to know what they are, listen to the episode three weeks ago. Yep. But also just look at the standings. That too. Yeah, that too. But if you're, if you're itching for the segment itself, you gotta listen to an older episode. So that's right. Now, now comes the moment that we have been building up to this whole season. Time for the matchup preview of our championship week. We're gonna we got two matchups that we're gonna touch on. One is the championship game. The other one is the third place matchup. We'll hit on the third place matchup real quick, real brief. It is not the it's not the focus, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. So we're just gonna hit on what we think maybe are gonna be the game changers here. Um, in this matchup, Luke, I'll look at your side here. Um, obviously, Jalen Hurts go or no go is going to be um, a big conversation to have. Although Justin Herbert will do serviceable against the Rams, I think if he doesn't go. Um, hopefully, you see Josh Jacobs bounce back to form. But um, yeah, that's gonna. I think Tough that's matchup. gonna be a ma- that's gonna be a make or break for you um, in this third place game. And then 
Um, Ramondre Stevenson thing, if he puts up another dud like he did last week, I really don't think you're going to have much of a chance. Um, so hopefully he does what he's been doing all season um, and can and can really put up some points against Miami here. Last time against Miami, Ramondre, um, well, that was in week one, so he didn't have the role that he needed. He only put up 3.7, though. Mm. So, But weird because he kind of took over midway through the season. So, Right, yeah, once, once Harris went down, then Stevenson was able to grab a hold of that role uh, and really not let it go until – stumbling the two of the past three weeks here. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the lack of Miles Sanders in your starting lineup here. I guess I don't know who he'd go over. Maybe Ramondre, but probably. Right. Yeah. I mean, Ramondre is the one that you would put him over. Uh, I mean, you look at, you look at Miles Sanders the past couple weeks. I mean, Against Chicago, he was a very plus matchup and he 11 carries for 42 yards, 21 carries last week, which is great, but only 65 and not finding the end zone. He did fumble the past each of the past two weeks. Um, it's just yeah. a tough thing to kind of figure out that Philly backfield right now because yeah, definitely. Gainwell is getting more work and it just seems like some weeks they want to use Sanders, some weeks they don't. So it's real iffy. He's having a fantastic season for sure. I mean, almost 1200 rushing yards and 11 rushing touchdowns, but it's been up and down as to which week you're actually going to hit on miles Sanders. Yeah, that's true. With hurts being back. If hurts does go, that helps. I think you like would expect Sanders to do better. Yeah. Yeah. He gets a little more space because they have to respect the pass or the run from hurts. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, it would be Stevenson or Walker has a tough matchup against the Jets, but yeah, Walker's also such a such a workhorse for that backfield. Yeah, yeah, the volume is just kind of crazy for Walker. So yeah, but we'll see. There's there's a few days left, so we can see what changes. Yeah, definitely. Who are the uh, big hitters on Jackson's side here? Big hitters on Jackson's side. I mean, we've got Kirk Cousins going up against the Packers. I feel like I feel like his performance. It's not a primetime game, but it is a big game. Uh, We'll see what version of Kirk we get. He has been on fire the past few weeks. Most likely we're getting an on-fire Kirk Cousins, but his whatever point total he points up puts up is going to be crucial. I think the biggest swingers here are going to be Devontae Adams, uh, and if he's able to find some room against that 49ers defense. And and the other one that's probably going to be the most impactful is DeAndre Swift. Very, very plus matchup against the Chicago Bears if they are actually able to utilize him and give him the room that he needs. DeAndre Swift can pop off, but we also know that Swift's floor, and we know Adam's floor. Like, their floor right now is four points. Right. Yeah. It's But their ceiling is 35. So Yeah. It's definitely something to watch. I think for me, the big one that's, like, really going to be hit or miss is or is going to change the story of this game is George Kittle. Um, going up against Las Vegas, if he continues the streak that he's on with, you know, basically 100 yards and two touchdowns in the last two games, this is going to be a hard one for um, Jackson to lose. But we know George Kittle's floor can be really, really low as well. So um, I think that's another one that we want to keep. You'd want to keep an eye on um, going into this matchup. Yep, yep, I agree. That that Kittle performance is also going to be very, very crucial. So. Yeah, I think we've we've got some guys that are that got some really really high ceilings and some really low floors. So 
we'll just see what version we get this week to see who comes out in this third place, this third place bout right now. Yeah, for sure. At kick, um, you had the advantage by 1.89 points. Um, that has shifted a little bit after the first game, but not by a ton. Um, Jackson now has a five, four and a half point advantage or so. So, Yep. And so we will see how that shakes out. But uh, next up, we are going to talk about our championship matchup. Our big, big, big boys. Blake going up against Ermin. Prestige Worldwide v. Brees' Pieces. Spread at kickoff before Thursday Night Football. The spread was uh, 6.7 about in favor of Blake. Um, and that has that has shifted. Post yep, Thursday that Night has Football. expanded. Yep. Like it's 15 points now. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, we will talk about it when we get down to that that slot. We will for sure. But yeah, let's go through the positions here and see what we've got. Let's give this championship matchup the respect it deserves and start off with the quarterback position. We've got two top tier QBs, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. The Bills yep. are taking on the Bengals and the Chiefs are taking on the Broncos. I mean, gosh, it's hard to go hard to go against the QB one against a defense like Denver. Um, it's actually it's impossible. I'm going to take Mahomes. Um, I love Allen. He's been great this year. But for me, it's Mahomes. Just a plus matchup in a game that they're pretty going to handle pretty easily, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm also going to go with Mahomes here. Uh, his, his floor on the season is 17 points. Like he has not had a week below that. Uh, Allen has also had incredible weeks. I believe he also, uh, he had one week of 12 and a half, another yep. of right around 17. So there's a little bit of more potential, I guess, technically for Allen to put down a, a worse week, but these are both great QBs. I'm going to go with Mahomes just because the offense doesn't happen without him throwing the ball. Yep, agreed. And he's the QB one on the season. You have to respect that. Yeah, yep. Um, and yeah, incredible matchup against a, uh, against a flailing Broncos team. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Next up, we got the running backs. Running back one position right now. We've got Ezekiel Elliott for Blake, and we've got Jamal Williams for Ehrman. Um, Elliott has already played. He put up nine point seven, thirty seven, and a touchdown against that Tennessee defense. Williams and the Lions plus matchup against the Chicago Bears. Gosh, I just don't know what to think um, about this Detroit Lions um, running back core. Um, he has not eclipsed 40% of the team snaps since week 12. Um, the usage is going down um, and they are not interested in running the ball. I think prior to this game, I would have been pretty easily on Elliott considering Pollard is out. Um, I think I'm still going to land there, but I, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. It, it's tough. Williams gets one, tu- one touchdown and he basically has nine points. So it's hard to, it's hard to say. It is very hard to say. I'm going to lean Elliot as well, just because Williams is in a touchdown cold spell. And I don't know if he, if he finds the end zone again. Um, yeah. And I yeah. don't want to bank on a touchdown dependent guy. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I hate, I hate doing that, but sometimes you have to. Yeah, sometimes you do, but I'm going to go with Elliot here uh, to his point total to stay above Williams' potential points here. Yep, agreed. Uh, next up in the other running back slot, we have James Conner for Blake's or yeah for Blake's squad going against Alvin Kamara for Ehrman's squad. Um, it's actually a pretty good matchup here. Yeah, problem for me is Kamara going against the Philly defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that defense has been awesome all year long. Um, and I think they're going to do the same. 
um, considering that, you know, New Orleans has basically one weapon. It is Kamara. Um, and he's been dealing with some injuries over the last few yeah, weeks he is, as well. He has not practiced this week. Yeah, so I, I think for those reasons, I'm just going to go with James Conner. His his volume has been kind of crazy um, over the last few weeks. His floor is ungodly high. It's like at 15, basically. Um, yeah. And so I'm going to go with Conner for that reason. Uh, Conner also not seen a practice on Thursday, um, dealing with an illness, it seems. We'll see if he's back in time, but I mean, assuming both of these guys go, I also side with Connor because of the absolutely insane usage that he has been getting that we've already talked about and they're going up against the Falcons. <laughs> yeah. Which is a very plus matchup for running backs. Yep. So I, I, it's a pretty hard play on Connor for me, actually. Same, same here. Yeah. Um, in the first wide receiver slot, we have, uh, Jay Jeff, the number one wide receiver on the league in the league so far this year, um, going against Juju Smith Schuster. Um, good matchup for Juju, but it's going to be Jefferson for me. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty hard to go up against Justin Jefferson and uh, and win and come out on top. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible, actually. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's anyone I would pick over JJ. Actually, not not at this point in the season. There's no way. I mean, Diggs has struggled the past few weeks. Adams has struggled the past few weeks. Uh, Cup has been healthy. Tyreek is up and down. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's JJ, and I don't think it's very close. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. J- Justin Jefferson in a in a matchup that the Vikings are really going to want to win. Yeah, Juju's floor is a big problem. Um, I mean, he is definitely the wide receiver one in Kansas City, but he's not needed. They're able to do it with running backs. They're able to do it with Kelsey. They're able to do it with, you know, spreading the ball to a lot of wide receivers. So I just think Juju is not as involved as he needs to be to be a viable wide receiver one um, against a guy like Justin Jefferson. Yeah, agreed. Uh, last last time the Chiefs played the Broncos, Juju did have nine catches for 74 and a touchdown on 11 targets. The week after that against the Texans, 10 catches on 10 targets for 88 yards. But last week against the Seahawks, only four targets. Um, if the game is close, if if for some reason the game against the Broncos is close again, then Juju will get targets. But the targets alone are not going to do it for me to put him above Justin Jefferson. No, I agree. Second wide receiver slot here, we have Devonta Smith for Blake's team going against Amon Ross St. Brown for... Um, Ehrman's team. I like this matchup a lot. It's um, a really good matchup. Devonta Smith coming off a really strong week um, with Garnu Mitchell throwing the ball. And frankly, a really good stretch. Um, 15 points being his lowest in the last four weeks. And Devonta Smith finishing the season quite strong. Um, he has not had less than eight targets since week 10. Um, yeah. So definitely seeing a lot of volume there. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, Amonra St. Brown, obviously healthy again, getting the targets, but not quite the points um, in the last few weeks. Um, hoping not to finding turn that, the end zone. Yeah, that's the big problem. He's been nine plus or eight plus targets every week since week eight. So even longer than Devonta Smith has. Um, but yeah, having some end zone issues here. I'm going to go with Amonra St. Brown. The matchup against Chicago is juicy. Um, and I like the volume. Um, and I'm not sure the Devonta Smith thing can continue um, indefinitely like this. 
We'll see. Yeah, this is a really good. This is a really good matchup. Yeah, and, and both of these guys are gonna have great weeks. I'm gonna side with Amon Ra, and I think Amon Ra has a top five wide receiver week this week. I think he finds the end zone at least once. Uh, at least, I mean, 76 yards the past weeks each. So I, I think he has a fantastic week against the Chicago defense here, as the Lions are still doing what they can to make a push. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at the wide receivers eight and nine essentially here. So yeah, r- right there um, for both of these guys. But I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Amon Ra, but I I think it's fairly close. I it 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 is really close for sure. But yeah, Amon Ra here. Uh, next up, next wide receiver position, we have Tyreek Hill on Blake's side, and we have Amari Cooper for Ehrman. Tyreek Hill, Miami Dolphins taking on the New England Patriots, uh, and Amari Cooper with the Cleveland Browns taking on the Washington Commanders. Amari Cooper, still a wide receiver two on the season, uh, number 11 in standard, 15 in PPR, coming off a 10.2 fantasy point performance, six catches for 72 yards, has not found the end zone since week 11. Um... Deshaun Watson still sucks is the issue that I'm having with Amari Cooper. That is a big issue. Um, For me, I got to go with Tyreek Hill, Um, even though he's likely that he's going to be getting passes from Teddy um, in week four and six when Teddy was the primary starter. Tyreek did just fine with 21.9 and 24.7 points. I actually maybe like Tyreek more. He's a bit of a safety blanket when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, that aren't able to spread the ball quite as well. Um, like a guy like Teddy, um, I'm going to go with Tyreek here. Just the better talent. Um, and yeah, the Deshaun Watson thing. Fuck that guy. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I, I got to go with Tyreek here as well. Um, the New England matchup is tough just because their defense is so good. Um, right. And but, it's in New England, so you got weather problems. Right, yeah. But I mean, week one against the Patriots when Tyreek was... Uh, we didn't know what to expect. He still put up 13 points uh, on eight catches and 94 yards. Tyreek just has, has that floor. He has that, that he's got that dog in him. Essentially. I mean, he's wide receiver too. Like, yeah, I feel like we're somewhat disrespecting him here. He's the wide receiver too on the season this year. I, I think it should be a pretty easy pick for Tyreek here. Yeah. Um, just for that reason alone. Right. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, Tyreek for sure. Yeah. Next up. Tight end position, Dalton Schultz on Blake's side, whose game is already done, and Travis Kelsey on Ehrman's side. Now, going into this week, (laughs) neither of these guys having gone, it's a very easy Kelsey pick. It is an easy Kelsey, yeah, but now it's not. Dalton Schultz put up 56 yards with two touchdowns for 21.1 fantasy points. That is a great week from the tight end position. It's a stellar week. However... Kansas City going against Denver, as we've talked about before. Um, and I think Kelsey's going to beat this 21. I think he's going to feast. I think they're going to get up early, and it's going to be through Kelsey. Um, and I think this Mahomes-Kelsey staff is going to continue to serve Ehrman very, very well. Uh, it, last time the Chiefs played the Broncos, Kelsey with only four catches for 71 yards, still nine targets. I think... He brings in, he still gets that target volume. He brings in a few more and he has a great week. Um, finds the end zone at, I, at least once. I'm going to go with Kelsey here because he's Travis Kelsey. Yeah, although he's only broken 20 points three times this season. He's just got that consistent. He's just got, or two times. 
Two times. Uh, three times. Three times, yeah. He's just got that consistent floor um, to him. But I think this is maybe one of those weeks where Travis Kelsey feasts um, yep. and goes off. Chiefs are still but, fighting for that number one overall spot. Yes. Yes, they are. Yep. They need the win. They do. And and you're gonna you're gonna use Kelsey to make that happen. Always. Um in the flex spot here, we have Aaron Jones for um Prestige Worldwide going against Jacoby Myers for Brees' pieces. This is a good matchup too. Um yep. Aaron Jones a little banged up. He was limited today in practice. Uh, mentioned already he has struggled um in a few of the last weeks, um, I think, because he's fighting through this injury here. Um and Jacoby Myers doing really well, um, at least last week, having some struggles before that. But um, look, if he doesn't try to make any laterals near the end of the game, <laughs> I think Jacoby Myers has a very strong performance here. Yeah, you got you've got targets coming Jacoby Myers' way, regardless of what happens. Last time against Miami, uh, he put up eight point two points, um, and last time against Minnesota, Aaron Jones put up nine point one. So I mean, we're looking at very similar players here. We are. Gosh, I'm I, I'm worried about Aaron Jones's injury, and so for that reason, I think I'm going to land on Jacoby Myers here. Yeah, I it's it's really tough because both of these guys are in a position where their teams are trying to make late season pushes to to get playoff spots and solidify it. I mean, the Packers, everyone thought they were dead in the water, and now they're right outside of the wild card here. Yeah, um, and. Aaron Jones has helped with that. He's not doing it really on the ground. He's had he's had great performances on the ground, but a lot of his work has come on the receiving end, at least in terms of finding the end zone. Right. Um, and man, this is real tough. I if Jones goes, I'm gonna go with Aaron Jones here, just because yeah. the matchup is so it's good against it his is good. defense. Um, it is good. Not that, I mean, it's not like Miami's defense is great. They're also very bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but uh, but I, I think with Rodgers, if Aaron Jones goes, he's got a comfort in him. And if Watson doesn't play, I think there's going to be a lot of work that goes to Aaron Jones. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we saw what the Cowboys were able to do against the Vikings with the running back position, specifically with Tony Pollard, the, the pass catching back. Um, just absolutely torched him. So there's definitely opportunity there. Um, but yeah, I'm worried about Aaron Jones. I'm going to go with Chicago Myers here. That's fair. I'm going to go with Aaron Jones here of the two. Fair enough. Um, in the kicker slot, Daniel Carlson for uh, Blake's team here, kicker number two on the season, going against Harrison Bucker, who is kicker number 28 on the season, but has missed quite a few games. Um yeah. So not really fair to judge from that standpoint. I'm going to go with Daniel Carlson here, though. Um, I think, gosh, actually, I'm not sure. Going against San Francisco, they're not going to be able to move the ball at all, Um, especially considering Jarrett Stidham is going to be the starter here. That's Um, what's ruining it for me. Daniel Carlson has had a fantastic season, but it's not Derek Carr anymore. It's Jarrett Stidham going up against the best defense in the league. And yeah, they're not even not able confident to get in range. they're going to get into yeah. yeah get him into range and so I think I got to go with Butker here because his offense is at least good competent yeah, you're right you're right I've talked myself into the fact that it's got to be Butker here I just don't trust this Vegas offense at all against the San Francisco defense they're going to blow them up yeah they will they're gonna they're gonna go after Stidham and they're gonna go after Stidham hard yeah totally. 
Um, and the last matchup here, we've got the defenses, the Washington defense going against Cleveland for Prestige Worldwide and the Chargers defense going against the Rams for Brees' pieces here. Um, Chargers mm-hmm. a tough one it. for me. Chargers have locked up a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't do anything in their division. So it's just a matter of where they seed in the wild card at this point. Um, this is just a, this is a matchup of LA superiority. Really? I don't know what ferocity they're going to bring to it. Uh, the Rams are finding some new life with Baker under center, which is fun to see. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's and- true. Um, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what to do here. I, th- I, I think I'm going to go with the chargers. I don't, I don't trust Baker under pressure. Um, I don't think he does a good job when he's well when he's well pressured, um, and I think that's going to be enough to cause him to make some mistakes. Um, and I think the Chargers are going to be able to get up on this Rams team early, and they're not going to be able to claw back. So for that reason, I'm going to go Chargers. But I also don't trust the Cleveland offense at all. So. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm going to take the Commanders here just because. Yeah, I I don't trust the Cleveland offense with Deshaun Watson at the helm. Watson still can run the ball for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But his his in terms of throwing the ball, it hasn't been there uh, yet in the starts he's made, and so I'm going to go for the Commanders' defense and Chase Young just getting doing what they can to get to Watson and throw him off uh, and stop this stop this Browns' offense from really being able to do much of anything. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just think the talent's better on on the Chargers' defense, and I think they're going to just have their way with the Rams this week. That is fair. And uh, 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 let's see. Hang on. Um, oh, Derwin James is trending in, trending in the right direction, so that's good to see. Yeah, he's 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 a game changer for sure. Yep, definitely is. I think I think I saw something that Bosa was designated to return, so we'll see if he's actually back as well because that would be huge for the Chargers. Yep, definitely. Um, I'm still going to stick with the commanders though here. So fair enough. Yep. That is what we have for the positions. That's what we got for the matchups. And so it's time to make some predictions, Eric. Yeah. Um, let's start with the third place game. Um, I don't think we actually made the picks on that. I, I believe you have to make your pick first. Um, although we know where it's going to be, I think it me. <laughs> yeah. It you. Um, and I think I agree. Um, I, I, I'm worried about Deandre Swift. Um, I'm worried about Devonte Adams, especially with Jarrett Stidham throwing on the ball. Um, and I get, I get concerned about the George Kittle floor. Um, and I think a lot of having running backs be your primary uh, point getters is your plus. Um, and it has been your plus all season long because they have safe floors typically. Typically. Yeah. And, and so for that reason, um, and it looks like Hertz is going to go, I'm pretty confident he's going to go. I'm going to pick you as well for the third place game or the third place title, I should say, um, and getting your money back. Yeah. I want my money back. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. You will get it. Um, And then in the first place game, um, since I made you pick the last one first, although it was an easy pick for you, um, I am going to pick first this time. Um, And I think I'm going to go with prestige worldwide. Um, Brees' pieces had a great year so far, 11 and three record. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. just really, really awesome. Um, but I see running back advantages in both slots for prestige and I see wide receiver advantages in two out of three. And the one that I don't see is pretty minor. 
advantage, I think, on Brees' pieces side. Um, and for me, that's going to be enough. Um, even if Mahomes does outscore Allen um, and Kelsey outscores Schultz, I don't think it's going to be enough to offset Connor, Jefferson, Tyreek. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I got to go with Prestige Worldwide here as well. I mean, the point potential is just way too high. And, and like you said, the the sides that land, uh, that could land on Urban's side, they're not going to land by much. Um, right. Whereas Jefferson can explode on Juju, Tyreek can explode on Amari. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's going to be, I think this is going to be a solid performances from both teams, but I think Blake's prestige worldwide squad is going to finish over the top here. Yeah. I think the upside is a lot higher on, on Blake's side. Yep. For sure is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm going to, that does not mean Ehrman cannot win this thing. I mean, he had the best record going in, going into the playoffs. Um, so definitely a capable team, um, and did a lot of it without Brees. Um, most of the season, just continued to keep cranking out wins. So yeah, this dude um, has an RB one that was hurt all year. <laughs> yeah, he, this is this is a solid team, a team to fear, um, and made some moves this year to try and solidify and make it happen. So um, definitely not discounting you, Herman. I think you do have a chance, but I'm going to go with Blake. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is going to be this is going to be an interesting matchup to see how it unfolds because I mean I would not be really surprised. However, it ends up. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, but that is what we got for the predictions. And so, uh, Ehrman, feel free to prove us wrong. Jackson, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to I gotta keep it honest. Feel free to prove us wrong, Jackson. Um, yes, absolutely. Feel free. Yeah. Uh, and so that is what we got for the final, final week of matchup previews. That's it. Yeah, we got one more episode and it's going to be the recap next week. Yeah, and I am I'm looking forward to see how everything shakes out and how we are able to close out this season. Yeah, it's it's been a fun season. Um, definitely enjoyed it. It's been a really fun season. Yeah, thank you guys so much for another strong season overall. And, and let's let's close this thing out with the with the strong week that it deserves. Um, Eric, anything else that you would like to add? No, I'm good. All right, cool. Well, uh, with that. We hope you all enjoyed listening to another episode of the Fantasy Blue Balls podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. And with that, have a good night, have a good day, and happy new year. Good luck. <laughs>